Welcome once again to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And welcome once again to the Propreneur Podcast. I'm excited to have you here listening in wherever you're listening, whether it be the treadmill or the car. We really appreciate that you are listening into us and learning the best practices that will help your company go to the next level. And as always, we have and another exciting guest with us to share with us her knowledge and her expertise and her experience, primarily to help you learn the best practices that you can in your practice. And today we have on Laura Jamison, who is going to share with us some amazing insight around the legitimacy of your consultant. Matter of fact, the title of our show today is called How to Know If Your Dental Practice Consultant is Legit. I love that. Too legit. Hey, hey. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. So we're excited to have you. Thank you, Laura, for being here. You're welcome. So glad to be here. And I'm so glad to be helping the the dental population and the listeners out there. This is always just such a um, uh, an opportunity. And I, you know, I I take great responsibility for um, making sure that it's good information. So thanks for the invite. Well, I'm glad enough to know you for the last two years now and got to have conversations with you about what you're doing in your business and how you're helping the dental world. And so it's an honor to have you on the show. And one of the things we love to do is we always love to have our guests tell their story. I love the story of how people decided to get into whatever field they're in. I'm very intrigued, intrigued by that. So tell us, what, was your, how, what has your journey been? How did you get into this world? Uh, is there some traumatic story, some awesome story that got you into this space? You know, I love to start um, by asking um, who recognizes the series of letters Q-W-E-R-T-Y-U-I-O-P? I have no idea what you just said. Okay. I'm, think, uh, I'm thinking, is this like a Wheel of Fortune thing? Do I, I like to buy a vowel? No, it's the top letter of your keyboard. And the reason that I know that is my dad was a typing teacher, so I was oh, definitely my goodness. a typist. <laughs> I'm now looking at my keyboard, Q-W-E-R-T-Y-U-I-O-P. Get it? Wow. Yeah. So I started my journey in dentistry because I could type. Really? Um, honestly. I was, I was in school. I was, going, uh, I was taking community college um, uh, night hours, and I was able to type. And apparently the woman who I had replaced didn't type very well. She couldn't file charts alphabetically very well. And so I, I was given the opportunity to start in a dental office. Um, for that reason, that one set of skills, or I guess there are two sets of skills, but that's really now, good. Yeah, they were two great, awesome, terrific dentists, very progressive. They had a consultant. They had the Pride Institute uh, design their dental um, facility. I worked with them for six years, and at a point in time, uh, our hygienist had interviewed with the Pride Institute, but it would have required her to move, and she didn't want to move. Um, she was married. She, it just wasn't a good fit, but she thought I would be a good fit for that. And lo and behold, yeah, a couple months later, I was hired by the Pride Institute. I was able to move. I moved to Tampa, Florida. And um, six and a half years with the Pride Institute was a great, fertile training ground. I had a wonderful mentor uh, in a, uh, by a woman named Deborah. And then after six and a half years, I decided, you know, the business model had shifted to go more toward group workshops, so two-day workshops, whether you needed appointment scheduling or not, that's what we have on the agenda for today. Oh, your appointment coordinator's not with you? Oh, that's too bad. She's going to miss this. We're schedule. still going to do it anyway. 
So um, I made the decision to go back to the way I had originally been taught to consult, and that was to go into office and work individually. Mm. And that each team meeting is designed around what I'm observing in the, in the morning, um, plus keeping track of numbers, which is a, a key component. We'll talk a little bit about that, about the, the legit part of consulting. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, using um, key performance indicators to help make objective decisions. So circle back around 25 years in business for myself. Some out there listening will say, Jameson, is she related to Kathy Jameson? It's not an unusual question. I've been hearing it for 30 mm. something years. <laughs> and um, uh, at the same time, it, it was, it, it, you know, at different times, it was just confusing to people enough so that uh, I think uh, I was considering a change I didn't know what the change was going to mean. I was moving from Tampa to Ohio, but I did grow up in Ohio. <laughs> I did grow up in um, an area outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and I just decided to move back to where my family was after the hurricane season in 2017. Mm. Mm. So Harvey devastated several homes with friends of mine in Houston. Irma was covering uh, Florida while I was at the ADA meeting in Scottsdale. Wow. And luckily, I had a home to sell when I got back. Um, and then Maria in Puerto Rico, it just threw me into a tailspin and I decided to just come back to Ohio to, to be with my family. Go and back home. The perfect opportunity presented itself. Wow. Little did I know that because I was moving, Henry Schein was looking for someone like me and there was someone already in Florida. So I was hired by Henry Schein February 5th, 2018. Wow. So now you work uh, primarily and, and train and consult for Henry Schein and the company. But what people might not know, I, mean, I know some people will be listening to this that do know this, but everybody listening, we're actually in the midst of royalty right now. Mm. The president of the Academy of Dental Management Consultants, right? That's, that's one of the, the such a uh, important thing to talk about, right? That you got involved not just as being a consultant, but making sure you're creating a community of consultants and now serving as the acting president. Yes, and it's been you know, a really great journey for me. I happen to have been mentored again well by uh, Deborah Englehart Nash, and I'm currently serving with uh, Roy Shelburne as my vice president. So I've had an exceptional um, board working with me. You know several of them from Jumpstart, of course, yeah. Manal. Uh, Robin Morrison, uh, Sandy Pardue, I mean, some of the best in the business are on the executive board, giving it their all to make sure that the ADMC members see great value in being part of our, our community. Wow, that's great. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show. I had this idea as you were talking about, I loved your beginning of the QWERT. I'm not going to do it all the way you can, but, <laughs> um, you know, that was the start of your story. Mm -hmm. I'm understanding that. And, and what a, a, an interesting thing. I'm always thinking of how people can use their stories or examples, especially on stages or to help people get that. It's all about uh, my mentor, Joe Polish, talks about the domino. What's mm -hmm. the one domino that tips you into a certain direction? And in your case, that domino was your dad teaching you how to type. And so therefore you got the job. And now it's like, here you are 20 some odd years later because of that one domino. I appreciate the 20 something. It's been closer to 30 something, 36. No one has to know. Come on now. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been a journey. 
Yeah, that's great. And that's, that's that amazing. I love that you are building that community. So let's talk about some of the uh, challenges that you see happening in the dental and consulting world. And, and I'll, I'll say this again, because I say this often on the show, right? The show is very much focused on the private practice owner. So even though Laura is going to talk to us about her experience and the dental practice space, it really is about being a practice owner. There's consultants that what she's going to talk about uh, it, it applies to all of them across the board, whether you're a chiropractor, whether you're a plastic surgeon, whether you're an orthodontist, it's really understanding how to find that legit consultant. So let's talk about some of the challenges that you see out there in the consulting world first. Okay. Well, certainly um, 10 years ago, even well, 15, but th- definitely 10 years ago when we saw the banking crisis really hit the dental market hard. Mm. Um It was the perfect storm, the perfect mix of uh, issues. Dentists weren't seeing enough patients, not enough elective procedures were being accepted. Insurance started to be the major defining decision maker. Um, Enter, you know, 30 years ago, indemnity insurance, where a patient could go anywhere they wanted, and they had a standard, you know, $1,000 a year benefit. Mm-hmm. typically on preventive now the whole the whole transition the game changer 10 years ago particularly has been that ppos have just swept the market um, and dentists uh really are afraid that if they're not participating in every insurance plan that they're not going to have enough patients right well one of the challenges that i'm seeing is that they th- that the challenge is they're not able to get a new patient in. So the, the reason they went to get new patients um, that was to join the PPOs, that the challenge now is they can't get a new patient in for three, four months because mm. they have so many new patients. Right. And, as, and of course, I'm not sure if you're aware, but um, I'm seeing numbers on my clients that indicate that they're taking as much as 40 to 50% hit on the reduction in their fee. And when right. you're talking about overhead in a dental office, Yep. Easily, it's sixty to seventy yep. percent. They are losing money. Yep. So that's the that's probably the biggest challenge that um, dentists deal with. I think that on top of that, the stress that's created from that um, keeps them from doing training, keeps them from investing in their team. Uh, it keeps them from being generous, if you will. They themselves are working harder, making less, and face rejection more than 50% of the day. So, you know, it just created this, this situation whereby if they're not getting help, they really are missing out on what dentistry has to offer. Really what they can, what people that really enjoy being in dental practice can be passionate about. The dentists that are stressed by being in too many plans, not getting paid enough, not being able to see new patients in a timely way is really setting up the perfect storm for them. And so having the consultant then, the right consultant coming in, uh, the, the hope and the value add there is that they actually can help you see what you can't see. And, and I'm going to say this word, but I don't mean it in the sense of the work and the quality that you do, but cutting corners on the way that you can actually make more money by mm-hmm using a consultant and their knowledge and their understanding of drilling down numbers or drilling down processes that now can help you have a better overhead because of these challenges inside of the industry. That is exactly true. Um, for, for certain, um, 
if they're not tracking their numbers, they're not tracking results. Right. And that means that likely they're not doing anything actionable to change anything. So one of my favorite sayings is you're either green and growing or ripe and rotten. I mean, (laughs) you have to always be growing. You have to always be open and, and embracing change. And particularly at the exponential rate of, um, change that we've seen in dentistry. So dentistry has so much to offer. We have really never been in a, an environment in which technology can be such a great tool to enhance the treatment plan acceptance. Yeah. We've never had better financial options to help the patients pay with membership plans or um, outside financing. We've never ever um, had technology that enables us to show the patient what we're seeing. And so when they're not making the investments in the systems, the training in those systems, um, the use of that technology, um, then, then they're not, again, they're, they're on this rat, rat wheel, if you will. You know? Yeah, the, te- the technology alone isn't gonna be your savior, the understanding how to utilize that technology through professionals who can help you not only learn how to use it, but learn how to measure it and to grow and sharpen that saw. Yes. Sharpen that saw. Well, definitely. And um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a market definer too. Yes. You know, how do you distinguish yourself? How do you um, present yourself as different than the dentist next door? Right. I mean, we've both lived in places where there's, you know, high-rise buildings where there are 80 dentists in the same building. <laughs> yeah, know, right. Somebody pick from one of those 80. It's, yeah. the, it's the basis of the experience. Yep. But they take into consideration the things that they see. But I, you know, I really uh, love part of the, the seminars that I teach that I love most are the soft skills. Yes. You know, how to say things in, in such a way that it's much more um, presentable to the patient. It makes them feel a whole lot better about the experience. I have to to tell you, I laughed and I told the story. We told the story. You know, you shared on Facebook that you'd taken your wife to this gorgeous hotel. And we're at the hotel saying it was an exceptional experience until my wife went to the restroom. (laughs) Yep, yep. And one point, toilet paper just completely killed it. Yep. So... You know, when I use that as an example recently, um, as, I, as I've used it as an example recently, yeah, those little things really do. Sure. Matter. They yeah. really do matter. It's what I call the through line, right? Like, because a lot of, I think, sometimes, and not just doctors, but business owners in general, will look at those soft skills and not realize that's actually where the money is. Mm-hmm. Because you can have, and, and I am going to just put it out there that everyone listening to the show has an amazing product. Like you're awesome at what you do. Let's just put that out there. Let's all uh, uh, agree to that. So the only differentiator is then the experience the person has. The soft mm-hmm. skill is why people buy. Because you can buy all of us buy a lot of stuff that isn't really that great, mm-hmm. but the experience is what I created. McDonald's is a great example, right? Like uh, McDonald's will never be a, a, a sponsor of my show. So I can say this, right? They don't sell a great product. Like mm-hmm. no one's going to say yes. If you want to get the best product in the world, you go to McDonald's, the most nutrition, whatever. But the experience that they create of very inexpensive, you know what you're going to get every single time. And if you're a parent of a young child, you can take them to the play area for hours and they will play that, right? Like they're selling the experience of it, not the best quality food. 
And that goes with all business. So when we talk soft skills, that's, that's power, that's money, and that's the differentiator. Yes, it really is. So um, I want to circle back around to yeah. the, of the Academy of Dental Management Consultants. Yeah. Um, I've been a member since 2005, and I really waited too long. I probably put it off longer than I should have. I wish I had joined even earlier. But the idea that um, I feel confident that when I go into an office, I may not have the answer, but I know someone who does. Oh, that's smart. I am supported by over 160 members that have different sets of skills, um, that have uh, different, and I'm going to say top-notch skills, um, to be able to help me answer a client's question. My clients know that if I tell them that up front, I, I don't know, I don't claim to know everything there is to know, but if I don't know it, I know somebody who does. And so, you know, we have members that specialize in medical billing and legal and human resources and um, training uh, skills uh, for facilitating meetings. Um, we have, oh my goodness, just, I can't, I can't even speak highly enough of it. Well, it makes you a very valuable resource to your clients, right? When you come in with that idea of letting them know, hey, by the way, I don't know it all, but I have a resource. I have literally a closet full of, of knowledge and information that I can give to you based upon the people that I know. So you're in good hands with me. In addition, as you know, you and I were at Jumpstart last two months ago, um, that the sponsoring partners and the tools and resources that we can take a look at and put our hands on and feel and ask the sponsoring partners about so that when we go back to our, our clients and make recommendations and or they ask us, what do you think of, it feels so good to be able to say, you know, I, I can answer that question and here's why. You know, so important, right, to be that resource over and over and over again to them. Yeah. Where have you used that the most in your consultancy work? I think it's been uh, being able to understand and know the different features. So, for example, across the um, appointment confirmation or communication systems. So you have multiple um, systems for sending out a contact by email, text message, post-appointment survey. You know, just being able to, to refine for the, the client you know, taking a look at the decision, which of these features are going to be most important to you. And so this is why I would recommend this particular partner. And that actually helps, again, that helps me actually see that when we go back to the topic of legitimacy, right? Mm -hmm. A legitimate consultant, one of the things that you should be looking for is the person who does have those resources outside of themselves, who's not going to just be saying, oh yeah, just, it's all about me and I have all the answers you need. Yes, agreed. That's agreed. awesome. Mm -hmm. So tell us some real world examples of what you've been able to see and help your clients accomplish through the legitimacy of you having that Rolodex, if you will, for a mm -hmm. reference that most people listening to this should understand, but anybody underneath 20 would not. But uh, what a Rolodex means. <laughs> Certainly. Um, well, I'll give you three. Uh, the first one is um, an individual who had never, ever set goals, never looked at numbers, never set goals. And so we set goals in four very, very easy to track areas. We take a look at production for the both doctor and hygienist. We take a look at collections and we set a 98% or better of what net production is as a goal. Uh, we take a look at the number of new patients. We take a look at how many they've had 
and what would they like to be seeing? And if they have too many, where may they be able to cut back? And then the last one is we take a look at case acceptance because case acceptance fuels production. So just setting goals, uh, there was a Harvard uh, MBA study years ago um, that showed that, that um, 83% of the, of the control group, 83% had never ever had any goals. 7% um, had goals, but no real clear action plan. And 10% had goals with a clear written action plan. At the end of 10 years, that 10% were earning um, 10 times more than the 90% collectively. So just the idea of having a written down goal and an action plan. Now a legit consultant is gonna make sure that not only are we setting a goal that's realistic, but that we leave you with a plan of actionable items and a means of making sure everybody's accountable for following through on those actionable items. So my, my first uh, success story is that after three months of having a goal, um, that particular dentist had paid my entire year's fee in her return and what she'd collected in that three months time. So that oh, was that's amazing. That's always that's a always a delight, right? Because now yeah. you're a zero, you're a zero sum game to her. Yes, right? exactly. Everything else is uh, icing on the cake. Let's go. Let's keep moving. Um, the second one I'd like to share is um, in listening closely and and watching at the front desk. You know why we knew there was a collections problem. There was an mm. issue with just not seeing enough collected at the time of the service. Well, it turns out that the um, Teams and the teams in the back, the hygienists, the clinical assistants, didn't fully understand that it was their responsibility to enter treatment plans. So they were coming out to the front desk with the patient to check the patient out, and the uh, team members at the front weren't able to ask for payment because they didn't know what was done today. And that was oh, an unknowing issue. So it ultimately came down to they had to be taught how to enter treatment plans, but once they learned to enter treatment plans collections, went you know, immediately to over 100% five months in a row. The right hand wasn't talking to the left. Just they weren't figuring out what was gone, you know, yeah. what was missing. Um, and then uh, I always love when someone takes something that I've taught them and they make it their own and it's even better than what I gave them. So I was in an office teaching a morning huddle and the next day I got an email from the doctor saying, you got to sit through our next huddle the next time that you're here. And I thought, okay. Um, and sure enough, they had somebody had music playing when everybody arrived in the room and they had a PowerPoint slide with each point um, in the morning huddle checklist. And they had the person who was responsible for reporting on the nice. marketing or the new patient information or the, and they finished with a leadership statement that they said that was the best part of their day. So nice. yeah, those are, those are types of things that, you know, you, you get excited about. At least that's what I get excited about. Of course. Yeah. Because you see that you are a part of that ripple effect, right? I can totally agree. And I love, love seeing people build upon the simple or even complex idea that you have and they take it and they run and like you said, make it their mm -hmm. own. That's the joy, right? That's the, the piece. And, and here's the thing. I believe when people do that, I guarantee you that person didn't just do it in the office. She took it to another aspect of her life, uh -huh. whether it be with her kids or with her spouse or her boyfriend or, what, or girlfriend doesn't like that is where the real rubber hits the road. And when you know, talk about legitimacy, yes. right? talk about knowing that you're affecting lives beyond just what's happening in the, in the, in the clinic. Certainly it does. I, Very I love good. that.
So tell me about this. One of the things that I love about when you talk about you and I read your bio before, you know, we got on the show, even though we talked about this and I thought, oh yeah, that, that fits, right? That connects is in your bio, you say you're one of dentistry's most passionate consultants. What makes you passionate about this field? Um, well, you can tell I'm passionate, can't you? <laughs> oh, sure. Yes. But what makes you passionate about it? Um, I really believe we are in the business of changing lives. I think the ability to improve a smile, to get someone out of pain, to allow someone to function socially um, because of what a dentist is capable of providing for a patient is something that not everybody gets to do. And so it's not a, it's not a life or death type of scenario, it's, but it is a, a life-changing. It's a quality um, of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. We give quality of life to people who sometimes didn't even know that mm-hmm. they were looking for, like didn't realize it was missing until they got it and went, oh my gosh, I get to do this. I get to smile like this. I get to feel like this. I get to be around people like this. I love it. That, that's awesome. I can totally see that in what you do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we talked about some challenges of what we see inside of the practice. What are some of the ways that we want to really measure the legitimacy of the consultant that we're looking for? Because obviously there's plenty of different types of consultants out there, but how do we want, what are some simple ways that people can measure that legitimacy? So my boss, his name is Jim Philhauer, um, says... And it's a, it's just a really simple thought, but it's not who's right, it's what's right. And so for a consultant to have a one-way model of doing things is, I think, limiting mm. uh, in terms of what the, the, the client benefits from. Um, I think people who are willing to be humble and say, you know, I don't have the answer for that. Let me see what I can do. Let me get back to you. Deliver on your promises. Um, As I mentioned, I think if you are working with a consultant who's not looking at numbers at all or doesn't even make that a priority, um, then you're just working with somebody who comes in and and picks uniforms for your team Mm. so that you look like a good group of people, but um, that doesn't necessarily make you you know, good at what to do. Um, I think having the hard conversations, being willing to have courageous conversations with the dentist, um, whether it's about a team member or uh, on behalf of team members that are feeling unempowered or never appreciated, you know, so the ability to have those conversations with the dentist is another. Um, I do believe having systems and structure and being able to show them and tell them um, in advance what the, what the, Um, width and breadth of you have to offer them um, gives them confidence that you have a wide ranging um, set of systems and skills to, to present. But at the same time, you know, as I said earlier, um, I don't know what I'm going to be teaching that day because I don't know what's going to be the most urgent or the most helpful to you at that point in time. So our afternoon is always going to be crafted based on, I have this full, uh, spectrum of uh, different systems and skills that can be presented. It'll be based on what I'm seeing in the office and what I'm seeing in the trends and what you've been able to implement so far that our team meeting in the afternoon will be based on that. So not having a canned approach is I think another important hallmark. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. So I wrote down as you're talking here, because uh, I love to take notes in the middle of uh, why we're doing it, because I'm learning too, right? I love having people on here that I get to have this, but what I feel like you have on here is, you know, somebody who can customize to your needs and have, be flexible, as you said, uh, be an advocate for the practice. And being an advocate means being a, a, able to have those hard conversations with the doc, even with the team members. Yeah. You know, I, I often talk to, uh, when I'm talking to my clients, especially the teams, I say, look, I don't come in here to, to tell you uh, or to tell the doc, hey, that person should go, that person should go, right? That's not my job. My job is to ask questions of why are you putting up with that? Right. Why are you okay with that, right? So being flexible and then the accountability of that, mm-hmm. tracking the numbers, looking at that. As, even if you're in the soft skills space, I'm in the soft skills, skills space of culture and relationships and I still go and I'm like, uh, okay, how are we doing on our, on our same day starts? How are we doing on our closing factors? Is your TC, are there numbers up? Like that's important to know because then you see how all ships rise with the tide. If it's working in one place, it's going to work over here. So I love those three areas of focus. Any other areas that you're worried about with um, this? There has been a quite a, a, a surge in the consulting space, if you will. Uh-huh. Right. So uh-huh. any other areas that you want them to, that you think that practice owners should be cautious of? Well, so yesterday I got the hard news that someone I'd spoken with um, decided to go with another consultant. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's someone I know to have a very large ego. Mm. And I just thought, man, that couldn't be a worse fit. <laughs> you know, to some degree, um, uh, and I also, also was given the compliment yesterday that uh, you're so positive. Every time you come, we feel empowered. We feel like what you bring to us is always positive. It's going to help. So, you know, to be cautious of just making sure the personality is a good fit. Like, is this somebody you want to have dinner with? Is this somebody you want to go on vacation with? You know, you're going to trust this person. It's a good litmus test. Uh, I really believe that. I, uh, Tony Shea in his book, uh, Delivering Happiness, said that when they first started Zappos, that was the criteria. Is this somebody I'd want to go to a bar with after work and have a beer with? I have that book right here. Right? Yeah, Delivering Happiness. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Uh, one of the things I love most about that book is that he says at the very beginning, there's going to be spelling errors and grammar mistakes because <laughs> I was not that guy. And I'm like, that's me. That's awesome. I should have put that in my book just so you know <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, that's great. Well, uh, you know, obviously you have uh, so many years of experience behind you. All the, the tips and ideas that you just gave us through that has uh, been awesome. And I really appreciate your uh, willingness to come on and share that knowledge with those that are listening, whether it be on the treadmill or in their car, just at home, because it really is about helping people find the best practices that work for them. And being a great consultant, being uh, connected to people like the ADMC is important mm-hmm. so that people understand that. And, and I just thank you so much. I am so happy to have been of help. Well, we have come to the part of the show where we ask our six rapid fire questions. And they're really just kind of off the top of your head. What are you thinking about that? Are you willing to play? Okay. Awesome. So what do you see is one of the most expensive things private practice owners are missing in their practices? Well, they think it's expensive, but it's not. But an intraoral camera. Intraoral camera. Yes. Yes. So it's one of those things where they don't want to invest in something because they think it's expensive, but it's going to help them uh, shortcut their experience. Well, 
they can buy the cheap version, but guess, and then when you ask the hygienist, why aren't you using your intro camera? It's because it doesn't work all the time. Oh, so, nice. Best and the, the nicest and the best. It's kind of like what I say about and uh, everything, right? If you want a professional job, get a professional to do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I always find it funny when I, <laughs> talk, I talk to a doctor and they're like, oh, yeah, my uh, wife's doing the taxes. Like, oh, is your wife an accountant? No, well, she just really likes to crunch the numbers. I'm like, well, that makes zero sense. Because if mm-hmm. I would have had, a, if I would have brought my daughter to you and said, well, I started drilling her because I really like working with tools. And so I started drilling that, that. It's like, that makes no sense. I'm not a professional. <laughs> I don't know. You, I could go off on that for a while. All right. As, uh, speaking of books, we just spoke about Tony Shea's Delivering Happiness. What is a book that you believe every private practice owner should be reading? So as a dentist, as a private practice owner, Becoming Remarkable by Fred Joyle. Becoming Remarkable remarkable by Fred Joyle? Joyle. Doyle. All right. Joyle. We will put that on the notes. Y-A-L. Oh, Joyle. Yeah. I have it right, right. Is this a visual? This one is visual. Yep. Uh-huh. There it is. Awesome. I haven't uh, seen that one yet. We'll put a, a, a link to that in the show notes mm-hmm. as well. What's one takeaway you've gotten from that book that would make you recommend it? You know, he starts off, the first half of the book is about uh, the importance of culture. Okay. And, and I really kind of love it. Yeah. Um, so then the second half of it is how to um, ensure all of the marketing that you're doing is targeted toward the type of um, patient you want to attract. Yeah. And I will tell you, Manal Sampet has also just released a book that I think mm-hmm. is similar. Yeah, it's great. And smaller. So, you know, it's hard to answer that question with just one book. No, it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So in my book, The Practice Rx, I also, I'm a big fan, obviously, of team culture and team performance being the foundation of your growth and your business. What do you see as the biggest challenge private practice owners are facing with their teams and their office culture? Mm, I think the fact that the dentist doesn't understand how important it is to share the vision. So again, when you ask me why I'm passionate about, about dentistry, you know, for a patch for a, de- a dentist to say the reason we do what we do is because we have the ability to change lives. Um, so, th- number one, the fact that the dentist isn't sharing the vision for yes. the practice, their purpose for being there, why they're there every day. Hundred um, percent. And then again, you know, I find too many dentists just think that well, you know, you get paid for your work. I, I shouldn't have to compliment you. I shouldn't have to give you a bonus. You know, you get paid for the work that you do. So they, they, don't, they don't appreciate their team members as well as they need to. And in ways that people feel appreciated. You right. know, someone who's barely paying the bills isn't going to really love a trip to Hawaii. Right. right? Yeah. So yeah. It's, got to, it's got to be um, something that they, they know about each one of their team members, how to show the appreciation. I love it. You know, it's funny. Uh, here we are dealing with a industry that loves uh, study loves research, loves uh, statistics to prove the point of what can happen and what the result could be. Mm -hmm. And there are so many studies to show that the number one reason that people leave their jobs is the lack of feeling appreciated. And yet it's one of those things like, well, I mean, they should just come and do their job. It's like, well, part of your job as a leader is to learn how to appreciate people and show them that, right? Yeah, so I love that, it's so true. And individualized it, it's so cool too. All right, so uh, what's a way that listeners can reach out to you, by the way, the number one way that they can reach out to you? Uh, I would say give my uh, email address. Okay. 
laura.jameson, J-A-M-I-S-O-N, at henryshine.com. Perfect. Great. Please make sure you reach out for any questions that you might have uh, that Laura can help you out with. All right. What's the best advice that you have received in life or in business? So um, every now and then it comes up that we, you know, we complain about something. It was a hard day. It was challenging travel day, whatever. And I always think, well, if it were easy, everybody would do it. And I'm paying well for what I do. So if it were easy, everybody would do it. Yep. That's very true. Never give up. Don't ever give up. Love it. Very true. Very good words of wisdom. All right. What's the best resource or tool that you feel every practice owner should be using to grow their practice? (sighs) This one, you know, this one is um, something that I teach dental students. All right. So I've taught at the University of Florida, Lecom down in Florida, Ohio State. Uh, dental students. And that is to make sure that you invest in an executive board, that you have a team in addition to the people who assist you. So you have a dental CPA, Mm. make sure it's a dental CPA. Mm. You have your attorney, you have your marketing consultant, you have your management consultant, you have your IT consultant. All right. So you've got to have, you've got to be willing to put people on your team that you can trust in those areas, because those are areas that you don't know much about. And then each of those advisors will enable you to grow your team so that the practice grows. You know, I'm so glad you said that. No one on all of the episodes, and I think we're around like 60 episodes so far, has has mentioned the importance of that executive board, that executive mm-hmm. committee. And uh, I, I tell this the story in my book about talk, calling up a doctor who had, you know, he's like, hey, how things are going? And He's like, oh, it's fine. We've had our computer's been down for three days. I'm like, oh, that stinks. And he goes, yeah, I've been working on it. I'm working on it. I can't figure it out. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize. I didn't know that you also got your degree in IT when you were yeah. getting your degree in orthodontics. And he was like, oh, I knew you were going to be mad at me about this. I'm like, are you kidding me? Two days, three days you've been down because you have been working on it. He goes, and this is the key. He goes, but Tino, I really like doing computer stuff. why do you hate money so much because you're actually down money every single day that you're working on that and not letting a professional do it so you're right like a board advisor somebody on your consultant who can tell you how to get past all these things by the way great leaders understand they don't need to learn all of that stuff Mm -hmm. it's not saving them money in the long run especially it's actually costing them their time Mm -hmm and their efforts. And uh, yeah, that's great, great advice. I love it. See, more great information from you, Laura. I appreciate that. That's great. Well, uh, thank you again so much for being a part of the show. And I hope everybody here on the sh- uh, listening onto the show really got some great insights too. When you're looking for a, a consultant for your business, first of all, you might want to check out uh, something like the American, or sorry, the Academy of Dental Management and Consultants to uh, get some advice from them. And those are people who are legit in this business, knowing what they're doing. Uh, And other than that, listen to what Laura said about the things to look, be cautious of, and the things to be focused on to make sure that your dental practice consultant or practice consultant in general is legit. Thank you again, Laura. I appreciate you being here. You're welcome. Thanks, Dino. Absolutely. Now, everybody listening to the show, thank you for being here. And remember, if you feel like you've gotten value out of the show, to share it with your friends or colleagues so they also can learn the best practices for their business. 
as well as making sure you subscribe to the show. We have been growing by leaps and bounds every single month, and it's because of you sharing it with your friends and family and colleagues, and we really appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll see you at one of our live events coming up soon or at one of our speaking events as well. And remember, as always, we hope to bring you everything we possibly can to help you be more proactive, productive, and profitable in all areas of your life and business. Until next time, everybody, see you on the next episode. Thanks so much again for listening to the Propreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.